Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at LAist.com slash sweeps. It's Film Week on LAist 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Wonderful to have you with us as I'm joined by critics Leah Lowenstein and Manuel Betancourt. He's contributing editor at Film Quarterly, and we're going to talk about this week's new movies. Then later this hour, I talk with the writer-director of the film Past Lives, which has had so much great response from audiences and critics. But we begin with the new film of this week, the action thriller The Beekeeper, starring Jason Statham, David Ayers, directed from a screenplay written by Kurt Wimmer. Manuel, please start us on The Beekeeper. Where to start with The Beekeeper? Uh, this is a Jason Statham actioner, and is that basically tells you everything you need to know about this film. Um, I found it kind of um, boring and sort of very nonsensical, which maybe aren't valid critiques for a movie that depends on Statham muttering his lines and kicking ass and then muttering some other lines and then kicking more ass. But um, it really tries to drive home this metaphor that the title gives us because he's a beekeeper, but he was also a beekeeper, which is this code word for this like extra government secret organization where he was supposed to, as he says over and over again, protect the hive. And protect the hive means that he had to kill a bunch of people or, uh, you know, um, have targets or do all sorts of things that the CIA and the FBI couldn't or wouldn't be allowed to do. Um, and he has to take on all that training that he used to have in order to exact revenge on the death of his landlady slash neighbor uh, who commits suicide because of a phishing scam and they drain all of her money and so he goes after these bad men who run these call centers and he slowly kicks his way all the way to the top and truly truly to the top and you know but it is action sequence after action sequence of him just kicking ass and at one point it just becomes very boring and very dull even if they're very efficiently choreographed but to me this was just um, kind of a dud. I was going to say there could be a lot of emotional fulfillment in seeing fishing scams you know uh, undone but um, I think I think there there, yeah I think there should have been a a lot more fulfillment (laughs) emotional fulfillment and satisfaction to to derive from that but yeah I mean this was just what can I say it was it it just felt like a missed not just a missed opportunity because you know Jason's Statham in, a, in an action movie, I mean, those two things are like peanut butter and jelly. But, you know, I I think it felt um, so by the books and so kind of uninspired. I felt like the dialogue was very wooden and heavy from the very beginning and <laughs> stiff. And the action sequences, while he does kick a lot of ass, they're so heavily over edited. You know, I, I didn't 
really get a lot of satisfaction from watching him beat up these these bad guys. This whole notion of a secret black ops organization <laughs> that he was, you know, a member or, you know, one of the, the best beekeepers. I guess there's a lot of other beekeepers. But, uh, you know, that it, it, I feel like that's things of that ilk have been explored before. And it would have been nice to see something that didn't just try to put out there the notion that, well, in the highest levels of power, there's corruption and, you know, we we find corruption everywhere and it's all inter, interrelated. I will say that Josh Hutcherson, as the kind of whiz kid mastermind Zuckerberg <laughs> guy who's like, uh, ro- wheels around in his in his expansive offices on a skateboard, and is the guy who's in charge of these phishing scams is incredibly entertaining, and I don't think I've ever enjoyed him as much. And he was the one sort of bright spot in the movie. There's a few nice supporting turns by other people, but but Hutcherson was by far the 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 bright one. We're talking about the Beekeeper, the action thriller, rated R, in white release. Mean Girls, the musical comedy, is out. Uh, It's in wide release, rated PG-13, directed by Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez Jr., uh, who are husband and wife uh, uh, filmmakers making their feature film directorial debuts. Tina Fey wrote the screenplay, and it's based on the musical adaptation that she did of the film Mean Girls. Leo, what did you think of this musical version? Well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, Larry, and you know I I do. While I acknowledge that it was not quite as maybe cutting or incisive as the original 2004 version, uh, that of course was inspired by the kind of sociological study of adolescence, Queen Bees and Wannabes by Rosamund Wiseman. Um, this is, you know, it's it's still really good. There's some great performances, some great singing. Auli Carvalho, Carvalho as uh, the, um, the artistic best friend of uh, the lead character, Katie, is, is delightful. And Gowrie Rice is wonderful. Um, and particularly Renee Rapp, who played the part of Regina, the Queen Bee on Broadway, does just such a good job here. She has some numbers that will just sort of like you know, kind of shake you up. Um, it, it's a it's a an appropriately fun, very colorful, very boisterous look at the dangerous politics and the downside of girl power in in high school. And I think it's for the most part brought really effectively to the screen with a nice use of fourth wall breaking moments, um, some uses of you know social social media references with with phones and so forth, um, Instagram. Um, but I will say that in two, in 2024, certain things like, you know, body shaming and, and certain derivative, certain slurs, homophobic slurs, you can't you can't get away with those. And so the film sort of dances around some of those things. And, it you know, for the most part, it still really works. Um, but it's it's definitely not quite as cutting as the original was. It was still very entertaining. We've had so many of these, haven't we, where there's been an original non-musical comedy film. It's been adapted to a stage musical. Then the stage musical is adapted to a film musical version. I mean, The Color Purple, of yes, course, Color Purple just yeah. came out. Hairspray, actually. Yeah. Um, High uh, High Society was the musical version of the That's Philadelphia right. story. That's right, yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's a number of films that were not musicals that were made into musicals. That's a whole other subcategory. Groundhog Day, Tootsie, 
bring it on and so forth. Saved. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of them. But it's it, in it, the musical really works in this case because, you know, with musicals, you're you're sort of exploring thoughts in your head through dance and song. And that that works so well here in a high school setting. So it was just it was it was we're nice. talking about the musical version of Mean Girls. What do you think, Manuel? Yeah, I also had a I had a great time. Um, Lael says it's very colorful. It's very pink. It's very it pink. It is very pink. Mm-hmm. And it is a reminder that, uh, as Tina Fey has said often, that one of the most that one of the scariest things in the world is a teenage girl, and mm-hmm. that that is a sort of the cutthroat world. Um, <laughs> and in that sense, the, the musical delivers a lot of the jokes are recycled wholesale from from the film. And sort of, if you really enjoy it or know it by heart, you'll either groan or laugh along. Um, but I had a great time, and yeah, Renee Rapp. There's an entire that entire Halloween sequence in the movie musical that it feels like this is such a great use of cinematography and mm-hmm. lighting and choreography in particular, which is so dynamic that I had I had a great time. We're talking about Mean Girls. It's rated PG-13. It's in wide release. Uh, Chile's official entry for the upcoming Oscars is The Settlers. The Spanish title is Los Colonos. The film's directed by Felipe Galvez uh, Aberle in a directorial debut for him, and he co-wrote the screenplay. Mark Stanley, Alfredo Castro, Marcelo Alonso, and Benjamin Westfall are the stars of The Settlers. Manuel. It feels like such whiplash to talk about this after Mean Girls because this is so such a dour, um, s- sweeping Western um, set at the turn of the 20th century uh, in Chile. And we're following this uh, mercenary, the settler, and this young um, indigenous, young mixed-race um, Chilean at a time where Chile as a country is sort of still being shaped and it's obviously being shaped by colonial powers by settler powers um and it's being settled in that sense by a lot of violence so this is set against the sort of the indigenous genocide that ends up um setting up the stage for 20th century chilean history it is gorgeously shot um you know the andes look as inhospitable and as vast and as beautiful as they have ever been um it's of course a movie about um, what it means to be a savage, who gets to decide who's a savage and who's a barbarian, and the barbarian ways in which uh, indigenous cultures have been really been um, wiped off the face of the earth in the name of church, in the name of capital, in the name of um, country. It is particularly um, sort of gripping and hard to watch at times, but I just, it's I was blown away by this movie. Yeah, it sounds tough to watch, though, in the scene, this very painful part of history unfold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How's the acting in it, Manuel? The acting is great, and uh, a lot of it is, so much of it happens often um, without dialogue or in dialogue that's happening both in English and um, indigenous languages and Spanish. Um, And the actors across the board, um, there's really a raw authenticity that, you know, Galvez really... Um, brings out on his characters and those close-ups when they're like you really get to see them sort of emote um, it's kind of thrilling to watch we're talking about the settlers again it's Chile's entry for best international feature consideration for the upcoming Oscars the movies unrated you can see it at Lemley Royal Theater in West Los Angeles next for our film week critics driving Madeline which is a French drama starring Lean Renault uh, the film is directed by Christian Carillon, and it's written by uh, Cerie 
Jelly, uh, what did you think, Lael, of Driving Madeline? This is a very sweet film. And uh, Larry, and along with Lean Renault, this uh, very esteemed French singer and performer is uh, the actor Danny Boone, who plays uh, the, a cab driver. He is uh, extremely cantankerous and grumpy. He looks prematurely aged. Um, you know, he at one point he says he's only, you know, 46, but he looks like he's about 62. And uh, he gets sent on a fair to pick up this woman who is going to be dropped off at a retirement home. And, and it happens that the retirement community is way, way on the other side of Paris and off to the suburbs, basically. And he, at first, he doesn't even want to take the fare because it's so far. And he's, he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, he embodies every every annoyed French cab driver I've ever met in my in my life. Um, but he he accepts the fare because he needs the money and his, he's got problems in his life. He picks her up. And, you know, she's very chatty. And she says, you know, how old do you think I am? And he says, oh, I don't know, 80. And she says, oh, you're such a charmer. I'm 92. And and that begins this sort of lovely kind of little friendship that forms over the course of a very long day. Of course, it's not the first time we've seen this. We've seen Driving Miss Daisy, I don't know, Green Book, Taxi Cab Confessions, Anytime, Night on Earth, Anytime there's a, a cab driver, collateral even, that's sort of different. But, <laughs> but you know, um, it's a formula we've seen before. And it's, you know, it's to its credit that it doesn't really, it doesn't actually feel stale here because... Um, it has to. It's. I think it's the chemistry of these two actors, really, who pull it off so well. Boone is known mostly as a comedic actor, but he is so good as the gruff cab driver. I forgot that was him. And uh, little by little, she tells him stories about her life, which are shown in flashbacks. And those are sort of less compelling in some ways than the modern day scenes of driving through Paris and talking um, between them. But it's still, you know, it's still interesting because it, you know, this this woman who gets in a cab, you think her her life is just all so simple and t- and tidy, but there's all these things that have weighed upon her and and she sort of shares them in this therapy session sort of so to speak with the cab driver who eventually ends up sharing some things with her and i will say that you know while i was a little bit reluctant to to be charmed by its spells by the end i was totally sucked in and i it left me crying on the floor and wow. yeah so it was very very sweet beautifully <laughs> acted in a lovely view of paris which they actually did by filming in all different directions and different places and then they and then they had the actors in a studio because Lynn Reynaud is, is, you know, at 92, she's not going to be getting around. A lot. I, it, when you have a film like this that enables two gifted actors mm. who have chemistry to play off each other, it's kind of hard to beat. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's so sort of stripped down to the elements of acting, but can just be so powerful. That's right, Larry. And it makes you it reminds you that it shouldn't be that hard to make a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you need are great talent. That's right. Uh, Driving Madeline, uh, the French film starring Lean Renault and Danny Boone. The film's directed by uh, Christian Carillon. The film's unrated in French with English subtitles, and you can see it at Landmark's Sunset Theater in West Hollywood, the Landmark Pasadena Playhouse Complex, and Lemley's Town Center in Encino. Coming up... We'll hear about the Amazon streaming film Role Play, starring Kaylee Cuoco, as well as Lyft, an action comedy that's on Netflix. We'll continue with Film Week on LAS 89.3, back in a minute.
support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center presenting American Mariachi by Jose Cruz Gonzalez. It's the 1970s and women can't be mariachis. Or can they? American Mariachi is a feel-good comedy about familia, amor, and tradición that will send your heart soaring and put a bounce in your step with a wave of vibrant, infectious live music. On stage through June 9th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. It's Film Week on L.A. at 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Great to have you with us in just a few minutes. The writer-director of the acclaimed film Past Lives, Celine Song, will be with me and we'll be talking about her feature film debut. In fact, she hadn't made any film before she made this movie. She's a playwright and stage director. You'd never know it from past lives, and we'll get the story about it coming up a little later this hour. But in terms of new films, uh, arriving on Amazon Prime Video is Role Play. The action thriller stars Kaylee Cuoco and David Oyelowo with Bill Nye. Thomas Vincent directs Andrew Baldwin and Seth W. O. Owen wrote the screenplay. Manuel, what do you think of role play? I did not care for this movie. This is a listless kind of action sort of comedy. So uh, Cuoco, who's perhaps best known for uh, The Big Bang Theory and The Flight Attendant, um, is playing a hit woman who leads a double life. So on the daily, she's you know caring for her kids. She has a loving husband. They have sort of a, a nice house. But sometimes when she goes on business trips, she goes on business trips to kill people. And that is how she makes her money. That's how she's been staying safe for the past few years. Uh, but, of course, something goes wrong when she and her husband decide to have sort of like a nice role play night out in a hotel in Manhattan. And someone spots her and then things unravel and she has to sort of um, find her way back into safety and keep her family safe and keep her um, sort of marriage together after this like big lie sort of blow ups on her in her face. Uh, it has a kind of Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of vibe going to it. I can I can imagine this was maybe sort of in the pitch deck, but it is nowhere <laughs> near as smart, as funny, as chemistry laden as that uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt film was. Instead, it just it's very talky for a film about mm. hitmen. Like there's a lot of just. Uh, standing in rooms talking i will say the early the there's an early scene with bill nye in a hotel that is just crackling because i think the cuoco's comedic skills and nye's sort of deadpan sort of mm. raw humor are kind of a great fit and mm-hmm. i wanted a little bit more of that and instead we get a lot of i need to get this wig and i need to kill this person and mm. to save my kids and it's just so listless and none of the action sequences move at a, a dynamic sort of pace and I was just I found myself really bored throughout even though I enjoy everyone involved yeah role play what you think yeah Lyle? pretty much the same I I uh I couldn't figure out what the problem with it was <laughs> but I thought it seems like it's sort of what I would call tonally dysfunctional like it didn't know what it wanted to be it was sort of going a little bit for this comedic tone but it wasn't edgy enough and didn't have a good enough script to be funny or, or you know, it wasn't directed um, sharply enough for that. 
and and it wasn't like it, it didn't the st- like it just didn't it never came to life i don't know and like there's this very long sequence towards the end of the film it's only like a 90 minute film but it, it felt like so it, it felt interminable <laughs> there's a sequence in the maybe in the black forest in yeah. Ger- somewhere in germany in a, in, the, in a forest and and that just like went on and on and on and on and this is supposed to be like the big kind of set piece of the film um i i I you know I just I wanted to like it I like I like Kaylee Cuoco I you know I think we've we've seen a number of these former hitman becomes a family man you know mystery of violence the, the, what's it called the family plan now right. with with Mark Wahlberg it, it was nice I like the idea of having a woman who's been an assassin why not you know but it just I don't it just never it just never really reached it, if it had any potential. It, it, it. it never, it never reaches it. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's too yeah. bad. Role play starring Kaylee Cuoco, David Oyelowo, and Bill Nye. Thomas Vincent directed. It's rated R, streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Lift, an action comedy that's streaming on Netflix, stars Kevin Hart, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, and Ursula Corbero. F. Gary Gray directed. Daniel Kunka is the screenwriter of the action comedy Lift. Lail. So about 20 years ago, uh, F. Gary Gray directed a movie called The Italian Job that mm-hmm. was, I think, pretty successful for the time. It made Minnie Coopers into a thing. It was like uh, full of gorgeous uh, cinematography of cities in Europe. And uh, it was about a heist, a group heist. With, it had quite a cast, too. I think Mark Wahlberg was in it, Jason Statham. Um, maybe even Charlize Theron, Charlize, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. And um, it feels like this is sort of uh, an attempt to return to that uh, for for F. Gary Gray with, in this case, Kevin Hart, who is a um, plays a kind of a master swindler thief who who has this gang of not really a gang, a collection of people that he works with, including Vincent D'Onofrio as a master of disguise. There's a tech guy. There's you know, everybody has their different sort of skill sets. And he the film opens with him stealing an NFT uh, at an auction, if you can imagine that. Um, but uh, it, and then it sort of goes sort of weirdly askew and downhill from there. He is he's hired to to lift two you know hundreds of millions of dollars from a plane, not just from a plane in gold, but also the plane itself. It's it gets completely out of hand. It's it strains your credibility, um, and it it. Uh, it's never quite as good. It's very slickly produced, and it looks good. Kevin Hart gets a few good lines off, but I, I never really enjoyed it that much. We're talking about the action comedy Lift, Manuel. Yeah, this this to me um, feels like a kind of algorithm designed movie, right? It's mm-hmm. it's 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 made to sort of it sits alongside Italian Job and maybe Ocean's Eleven, though it's not as great as that film, uh, or something like Red Notice, the Ryan Reynolds, which is also about art thieves needing to mm-hmm. be turned and now they have to work with Interpol. You know, in this case they have to work with Interpol to sort of lift the gold. And of course there's always a con behind the con and who mm. can you trust and mm. um but it is so preposterous and it is so um, everything feels really weightless. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like CGI moments and, and weightless just not only because we're up in the air in this plane and there's always um, stuff happening, but uh, you never buy any of those relationships, especially there's a Kevin Hart um, 
who had an affair or a relationship with this Interpol agent that he now has to begrudgingly work with. And, you know, they kind of hate each other, but they but love they each other. Love each other. And, yeah. and you're just like rolling your eyes being like, oh, OK, we know where this is going to go. And it's all so by the book and it's so um, listless throughout that the the heist at the, at the heart of the film just you never really care. I will say, for me, the one shiny moment, it just, I just because I enjoy him every single time he's on screen, is Billy Magnuson, who plays uh, the sort of himbo tech guy. Uh, <laughs> and he's just really funny. And, you know, he's been in sort of game night. And he, 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 he plays lovingly buffoonish really, really well, even though he's a beautiful, blonde, you know, really well-built man. But uh, other than that, I just kept thinking, oh, all these actors deserve so much better. Lift is the film that we're talking about. Kevin Hart stars. It's rated PG-13 and streaming on Netflix. Self-Reliance, a comedic thriller, stars Jake Johnson, Anna Kendrick, and Andy Samberg. Jake Johnson is also the writer-director of the Hulu streaming movie. Manuel, what do you think of Self-Reliance? So this is an amazing premise. Here's the premise. Uh, Jake Johnson plays the Satsack guy who's, you know, hasn't gone over a, a breakup. He lives with his mom. And one day, Andy Samberg in a limo pulls up to him and says, you are going to be part, you can be part of this um, dark web reality competition. All you have to do is survive. You have 30 days. There's hitmen all over the world. They're going to come hunting you. But if you survive for 30 days, you can do it. The catch is they can't kill you if you're near someone. So all you have to do is be near someone for the next 30 days and you get like a million dollars. This is a great premise because then you're like, OK, I'm going to spend this movie at the edge of my seat seeing whether this Jake Johnson character, this sad of a character who's been lonely and, you know, alienating everyone around him, uh, will be able to convince someone to stay at close proximity with him for 30 days at every given hour. Um, and instead, it's this kind of like improv comedy that never quite manages to be as thrilling as it wants to be. Um, he ends up meeting Anna Kendrick, who uh, tells him that she's also playing this game. Uh, is she and, playing herself too, like Sandberg is? Or is she no, playing she's, play, she's playing this other, um, this character. Sandberg is the only one playing himself, and he's having a great time sort of mm-hmm. playing. <laughs> and it's just, there's a lot of really funny people, and Jake Johnson is very talented. He He's really well suited to this, uh, you know, this kind of character. And Kendrick is, you know, lights up the screen whenever she's... She's on it, but ultimately, like, drags on. And part of me, I hate when movies make me an armchair producer because I'm like, well, what I, I would have done is <laughs> it, it should have been seven days or it should have been like it, it should have been tighter here. And I whenever a movie puts me in that space, I'm like, oh, it's it, I'm not really buying into it. I'm like mm-hmm. too much. And I, I just really wanted to be driven by this sort of really cool idea that he has 30 days to, to, to survive to get all this money. And instead, we get random cameos by Really funny people who then never get to do a lot of really fun things. I think that's got to be one of the real frustrating things as a critic. When you see a great premise squandered and, and you're watching, you have to review and you think this is because it's not it's not going to be done again for right. some yeah. time because it, it's been tried and failed at. It's it's agonizing, I, I, I think, because you just like especially when you see so much potential, you're like, God, this could have been good. Yeah. If only you just made some different decisions. Yeah. Well, this film is Self-Reliance, starring Jake Johnson, Anna Kendrick, and Andy Samberg, 
playing himself. Johnson, the writer-director, it's rated R, and the comedy thriller is streaming on Hulu. The Book of Clarence is a comedic drama adventure film written and directed by James Samuel, Lakeith Stanfield, Omar, Omar C., uh, uh, Ana Jope, uh, star in it, along with David Oyelowo, who we had in another film earlier, James McAvoy in the cast. Manuel, what did you think of The Book of Clarence? Um, so Lael earlier talked about, you know, these movies have, that have sort of a kind of tonal whiplash or tonal sort of... Um, dysfunctionality. Dysfunctionality. And I think <laughs> The Book of Clarence is a perfect example. So we are in um, 33 um, A.D., and Jesus is about to be crucified. Um, so we're in biblical times. Or is this, this is a kind of biblical epic. But instead of following uh, Jesus and his apostles, we're following Clarence, who's the twin brother of Thomas. Uh, and Clarence is a you know down on his luck. He's a thief. He's a scammer. Uh, he's friends with Mary Madeline. Um, and he wants to do better for himself because he's in a lot of debt and is also in love with a woman. Um, it's it's actually kind of un- uh, the motivations are really unclear. But he decides that the way to get out of his out of his luck is to become an apostle. Uh, or then maybe if that doesn't work, maybe become the Messiah. And maybe if he can con enough people to think that he's a new Messiah, he can get enough money and then he can get the girl. Um, this sounds like the setup of a comedy or like a sketch. And there are hints of that. And Lakeith Stanfield is very talented and very comedically uh, gifted. Um, but eventually the movie becomes, it might as well be called The Passion of Clarence. Because um, mm-hmm. it becomes the kind of like biblical messianic epic wherein... You know, Jesus is on the side being a kind of superhero who can heal people and stop rocks like Neo in the Matrix. But Clarence is, you know, um, dying on the cross and actually going through a lot of the emotions of what we know of Jesus Christ's story. And it's a story about faith and faith versus belief and belief versus knowledge. Uh, and so it's it's actually quite ambitious, but tonally I just didn't understand what it wanted to be, whether it wanted to be like the sort of like modern biblical riff or it wanted to be sort of this like... Um, actual biblical epic that Hassa's wanting to believe in the in the in the Messiah, both Clarence <laughs> but also Jesus Christ. Um Samuels, I will say, um, he has an eye and an ear, so this is very visually arresting. And he is a musician in the music, there are moments when the movie almost begs to become a musical and there is a great dancing sequence and there are songs um and i was just like oh you could have leaned in again the armchair producer in me and i was like no this is <laughs> but because th- there's so many talented people james mcavoy gets to have a great time as uh, as one of the um uh roman folk who's going to you know crucify any and all the messiahs um but but yeah i just It just didn't work for me. All right. We're talking about the film The Book of Clarence from writer-director James Samuel, starring Lakeith Stanfield. It's rated PG-13, and you can see it in select theaters. Just want to remind you, in case you just tuned in, it's not too late for you to hear the full hour of Film Week, including Lael's and Manuel's full reviews of all the movies this week. All you need to do is download the Film Week podcast wherever you get your audio, or you can listen to it at laist.com. Coming up, I talk with the writer and director of the acclaimed film Past Lives. Celine Song will be with us when we come back in just 90 seconds on Film Week.
The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.